Welcome to the I'm Done Apologizing podcast, where we're creating a community of women who advocate and empower. I'm Michelle, and I'm so glad you're joining me. I'm so excited to welcome Dr. Aja Holmes to my podcast this week. Dr. Holmes and I have crossed paths a couple different times, and each time she's always so full of thoughtful wisdom, energy, and pure joy to be around. You are in for a treat, and I'm confident you will enjoy listening as she shares more about being enough. Stick around. Dr. Holmes, thank you so much for joining me this week. I am so excited to learn a little bit more from you about your take on being enough. So let's jump right into the topic. Um, How did you get interested in this topic of being enough? Well, I want to thank you so much for asking me to be on your podcast. I'm so excited and you've been doing podcasts for so long, so I definitely have to dive in and start from the beginning too. So I'm excited to be a to be a part of this and also to see what you've been doing so for a long time with the podcast. Thank you. Um interested in being enough and and I think being enough that those two words are critical. I think for women, uh especially women who are in their careers and who are trying to I guess what would say have it all, right? Right. And so um l- listening to that, I remember the fact that as I grew and matured, you know, I really felt like there was a switch, something that just flipped on, yeah. right? It, it was just automatic, something, you know, yeah. um, that just flipped on. I remember one time I was working with a colleague and they just used to annoy me so much. And then something just happened and it just flipped. And I was just like, why are you, why are you letting them get to you that much? Yeah. Why are you giving them that much power to do that? And so it was really, and it was, it's hard to explain, but it just flipped. And I remember my supervisor said, there's something going on with you and so-and-so you all are not as at each other's throats before. I said, you know what? I don't have no more energy for this. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it just that. Right. Yeah. You know, and I, I've also, I have this experience and I know that I'm enough and I have the degrees to prove it and, you know, the experience as well to back it up. And so that was also too something, right? But being enough and the imposter syndrome is one hell of an intersection that one has to wrestle with in order to know that you are enough. And that's, it comes up, you know, it comes up every now and then. I don't think the imposter syndrome will ever leave me. I think that it is somehow implanted on my DNA and it's right along there with, you know, history and what has happened to Black folks here in America, right? And I think as a woman at seven who knew at seven years old, I didn't want to reproduce little people, that I had some time to reflect on that being a woman is enough and not being a mother is also a valid life choice. And so those kind of also go hand in hand with me as well. As, as, as I've gotten older, I've gotten a lot of questions, you know, don't you want children? Don't you want a family? And that right there was to me, them asking me or underlining saying that you're not enough if you don't have X, Y, Z. So I had to define myself. Mm -hmm. What was enough for me? and not enough for everybody else. It may not be enough for your book or your over here or anything, but I needed to define for me what was enough. And that took some time and and I got there, you know, at some time and I'm sure it's going to switch again as my body goes through the change and yeah. then I need to figure out again and then I get older. So it, it, things like being enough 
you need to decide what that is for you and not let somebody else uh, impose their um, or project their feelings onto you or what they mean being enough. But also know that that being enough is going to change as your life change and as things happen and as you get older and grow older and new situations come about. Yeah. I love that. I love that imposter syndrome piece, right? That is like a never going away thing, I think, for a lot of us. And, um, you know, I think that it was really powerful, the reflection on like, not wanting to partner up, not wanting to, right, not wanting to have kids and reproduce, right? Like, that as women, there's such a, there's such a piece uh, connected to that piece of it. Wow, that's, that's awesome stuff. So um, what are some things that you've done to help build your confidence after being, um, you've mentioned to me previously, being in a toxic supervisory relationship? So some of my, uh, my friends, some of my listeners have been in those relationships and I hear it all too much. What does that, <laughs> right? What does, what does that look like? How, kind, how do you like help build that confidence for folks who've been there? I had to enter into therapy. And it was my first time doing one-on-one. I have done group therapy about during the pandemic. Um, we had an organization in, in uh, Sacramento, um, um, Black Women United, um, that created an opportunity for folks to have group therapy and then also an art therapy session. So I did both the group therapy and the art therapy okay. session. And then when I got here to my new position, I was like, oh, let me enter into therapy to figure out what's wrong with me because immediately that's where I went to like what right. am I doing wrong what did I do what about me you know that caused this right because when it looks at my scope of control it's me it's my attitude what I bring and things of that nature so I had to enter into therapy to know that it it wasn't me it wasn't who I am it wasn't my, you know, degrees and things of that nature that they, it was a lot on to that particular supervisor relationship. Sure. And so that was some things I needed to talk through, right? About what I ex experienced as well and know that what I experienced was not normal. Um, and that it was also to a product of bad supervision that's been delivered down. Ooh. As someone who has studied, you know, supervision skill development yeah. for my doctorate, it was important for me to really also write down a lot that I went through as a way to also create case studies as I look to share and help train folks on supervision, right? right. You know, you can't train people um, on how to work with folks who, who are not great supervisors when it's not necessarily been taught to them how to supervise. Right. You understand what I'm saying? So Absolutely people keep have been given positions to be supervisors but have never been given the proper tools to train or to be trained on how it how to do how to be a supervisor right yeah. and so they've been given these positions because they moved up right? right and the supervision as you move up the supervision gets much more complex right, right. but with a lack of training a lack of foundational training of supervision and continuously, you're doing great work. We see the, the potential, so we're going to continue to reward what you are doing. But because the supervision is, has not been really a, been great on a foundational level, it's hard to be able to um, continue to, to, to be a good supervisor when there's really 
foundational things, or you haven't done the work to do what you need to do to be a good supervisor, right? Whether that's attending conferences, you know, entering to therapy yourself and seeing how, how that helps you in terms of when you show up to supervise, what are you doing to really um, aid in that particular supervision as well? And so that was very important for me to be able to shed what I had experienced from that bad supervisory experience to then be able to show up authentic for the staff that I was going to supervise next in that next part of my career. Yeah. Yeah. And so much of the, so we're in the same industry, right? And so much of our identity, uh, especially early in our careers, becomes who we are in our workplace. And so disconnecting that sometimes is really challenging to do. And I think other industries probably also have a similar, Mm -hmm. right, um, Mm -hmm. to that. And so, yeah, being able to disconnect those is tough. And and thank you for sharing about your therapy experience. I think um, not enough humans probably are doing one-on-one therapy (laughs) out there in the world. So... So, um, so thank you for sharing that piece of it. If, if, um, you could share a little bit about, um, those of you that supported you, um, through, I'm sorry, I skipped a question. Listeners, now you know my secrets. I've got questions. What did you look for, uh, Dr. Holmes in your new role that helped you know you wouldn't be in another toxic environment as you moved forward? I looked for a place that would honor my experiences and also to my credentials. I looked for a place that wouldn't be intimidated by the fact that I do have a doctorate, you know, um, that I do continue to write and publish in the field as much as I can. Um, Look for a place that would celebrate that, that would support that, um, as well as support the vision that I had for the department and where I was going, you know, with with what I wanted to do. Um, I also look for a place that would embrace my faith and allow me to continue to grow in my faith and being at a Jesuit Catholic institution, um, it allows me to do that and and to, you know, take that moment of pause for that reflexivity to really do reflect on that and also mm-hmm. to, to show that um, how am I a person for others based mm-hmm. on our Jesuit values. And so the, I was looking for a place that would honor all of that, my experiences, my credentials, and also a place where it would allow me to really embrace my faith as I continue to grow in my faith. I love that. That's great. So I know uh, I know you've got a wide and great community of support. And so I'm curious, who were those that supported you through some of those uh, reflective times about being enough, about being in a toxic environment? Mm-hmm. And kind of what was the most valuable of their support? So my family was very supportive and has always been supportive of all of my adventures. Yeah. Um, specifically my father who talked through some of these challenges I was facing. Um, as as my father was also to been in roles to where he was supervised and also had to supervise um, other folks uh, when, he, when he was working, he's now since retired and has started his own business and he seems to be an employee one and he just hired himself. <laughs> <laughs> so I he didn't it. have to deal with any of this. But my father really talked through some of these things and also reminded me when 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 he says, remember whose you are, that I am a child of God yeah. and that where I come from is I come from a strong stock, come from a strong family, you know, of of, of homes who um it is very ethical and mm-hmm. also to, you know, um n- knows where they're going and very headstrong. And so I had to just be reminded of myself that and reminded too. And one of the times that he talked to me too, he used that phrase 
Kato, you are enough. You are enough. Mm -hmm. Do not doubt yourself on that. You have the degrees, you have the experiences. Don't let someone else's crazy enter into your life, right? And I I, I don't use that word to offend anybody, but don't let somebody else's, you know, he definitely didn't say crazy, but he said somebody else's, you know, poop uh, enter into your life. You know what I mean? So, so, you know, trying to be respectful here with the podcast. And then I had to do some self-checking once I was in my new position on how was I responding? How was I showing up in this role? And how am I, oh, I'm sorry. And how am I showing up for staff and colleagues um, as well? And so I had to just kind of be reminded that um, at this time, I need to look at my authentic, uh, my authenticity and how is it coming through, right? Mm-hmm. And then also too, how was I showing up? I had a staff member and I remember responding to an email that was on the defensive mm-hmm. and my staff member was like, hey, hey, you okay? I just was telling you that we have this policy and we don't really need to involve you because we have equipped the mm-hmm. entry-level staff members to do that so that way they wouldn't have to call us. And I said, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you're right. Let me take a step back. Let me approach this again, right? And when you take responsibility for your actions and for what you do and for what your contribution has been to the situation, not only does it, you know, um, show how you are also too working, I'm human, I'm still growing, right. but at the same time, you're giving space to others to do the same. Uh, you know, very rare do you see folks who would take responsibility for their contributions to a situation. And it takes a lot of maturity to be able to do that. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Yep. It's all right. We, uh, we, we don't quite cuss cause mama Hopper listens to this, uh, <laughs> podcast, but we come real close to it. my <laughs> friend. <laughs> I feel you on that. I feel you. That's awesome. Well, thank you. Uh, and I think it's really powerful. Dads have a lot of, um, power and influence. And I think that's fantastic. So absolutely. (laughs) So uh, one one last question here for you. Uh, What advice do you have for my listeners around being enough? Therapy is your friend. Mm. With so much going on over Zoom, access is easy. And so teletherapy is it's new. You're able to do that and you're able to really work with that. So there it's, so the access is there. I recognize that folks want to be in person, you know, and things of that nature, but just give it a try, give it a try to enter into that. And there's a lot of different telehealth companies that have now been signed on at many universities so that we, you get eight sessions for free or, you know, however many sessions for free, right? Yeah. Doing the inner work to know that you are enough. And what that means is, having some real conversations with yourself on how you, how are you showing up? How are you working with others? Right. Mm -hmm. And then also too, how are you engaging in what boundaries you need to set for yourself to understand that you are enough. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, don't be afraid to remove from your life. Those who are not affirming that you are enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's good stuff. My friend. I feel some quotes coming out of these friends. (laughs) This is good stuff. This is really good stuff. I think so much of what we do as women is trying to meet others' expectations, right? And 
-hmm. I've talked about that on a variety of my uh, past episodes. And so I think I love hearing about being enough is about tuning into you and, and taking charge of you and your emotions, your expectations, your feelings, um, and taking charge of your own life. This is good stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, Dr. Holmes, any final thoughts for the listeners? You are enough. Mm, I love Period. That. Period. Period. I love that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Aja Holmes, for jo- joining me this week on, on my episode on Being Enough. I've really loved hearing your story and hearing more about being enough because, friends, you are already enough and you don't have to prove it to anyone but you what your capabilities are, your capacity is, and your, uh, your ability to be incredible and amazing. So this week's affirmations, I'm done apologizing for spending time working on me. I'm done apologizing for knowing I'm already enough. And this one's for you. I'm done apologizing for. Friends, don't forget to like, follow, and share wherever you listen to this podcast. Make sure you hit that button to know when those podcast episodes are coming. And if you like this episode, if you love this podcast, make sure you're screenshotting and sharing out on social media. Make sure you tag us so we know you're listening to it. And I appreciate every time you all share and um, share the message with other listeners. Don't forget I've got freebies at the link in my bio on Instagram as well as in the show notes. And remember, you're fabulous. You're a badass. You've got this, and I'm here for you.